Hi, and welcome back to the HSP Connection with me, Robbie Lee. And me, Philippa Robinson. Did you forget who you were for a second, Philippa? I did. Could you tell? <laughs> so glad you're here. <laughs> this is the podcast where we share our stories, insights, and strategies to help fellow highly sensitive people navigate their own path to living a fulfilling and meaningful life. And now you've put me off. I'm going to have to think about what to say in the intro. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what we're doing for the first uh, first nine episodes or episodes two to 10, we are bringing you um, some really important conversations that Robbie and I had towards the end of 2022 um, on my solo podcast, Meeting of Minds. Um, you know, feel free to go and check that out if you want. But we, there were really, really important conversations that we had all around high sensitivity. And we listened back to them. And actually, we really wanted to bring them here because we were thought we thought there was a lot of value in them. So that's what we're doing to start off with. And then we will be straight into all new fresh content. And we're really excited to bring about bringing that to you. Just for now, what we're doing is bringing you those conversations, but just with a little intro, little extended intro from us, where we just share with you our reflections on each episode. And this one, in this episode, we are talking about the role of HSPs in structures and systems. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? I have got the right one, Robbie. You've got the right one. You absolutely did. Yes. Yes. So, and what was funny about what funny about this episode is we, I mean, there's lots of different structures and systems that we thought we were going to be talking about. We ended up only talking about one. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the ranting. There was some ranting involved. I'm just going to say. Um, and we were, I think. I think it's important to to talk about we were nervous about recording it and then after recording it we were nervous about releasing it but now we're not feeling nervous and I want you to talk about that first and then I'll I'll share my feelings about it but why were we nervous at first Philippa what were we thinking well I think we were think, thinking the same weren't we that you know it was I think when we came on to record this episode, we weren't necessarily going to talk about this subject, but we right. decided that we both felt very strongly that that is the topic that we wanted to record that day. Yeah. And we sort of were quite hesitant at the beginning about language we were using and what we wanted to say, but we soon found our stride and <laughs> um, got into full <laughs> ramp mode um, uh, quite a lot yep. because we've both worked in corporate jobs. And yeah. we've got a lot of experience about being an HSP in a big corporate environment and yeah. how bloody hard that is. Yeah. Um, and yes, we were going to talk. There's lots of structures and systems. Um, gosh, you know, we, we could probably, if we'd give, given it some thought, have a list as long as our arm. But we right. did just get stuck in corporate um, because we did have so much to say. So we yeah. will be talking about others in new episodes. In the future. Yeah, exactly. But. <laughs> Um, I was nervous. I, by nature, I I have always want only wanted to talk about things that I feel like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, same with me. Yes. Yeah, and whilst I felt very passionate, you can tell the passion in both of us comes across. 
yeah it, it felt like a whole like area so yes I was talking about being an HSP in those but I was talking about work structures and it, yep. it just felt a real departure from what I actually feel like I can talk about mm-hmm. but we gave ourselves permission to have the conversation yeah we did on an R. I remember saying to you are you okay are we releasing this and we both went yep yeah. so we yeah. press publish and let it yeah. go and we're like oh I had some stress sweat before we yes. hit publish. I <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we got some, we, we did get some really great feedback, actually. People saying it was great hearing our conversation, which, yeah. you know, I always like to hear great feedback, you know, hint, yeah. hint to anybody listening. But, <laughs> yeah. but the main thing is, actually, I now feel much more confident about talking about subjects that I might not necessarily feel particularly qualified to talk about. Yeah. It's given me a real, actually, I can talk about these things. I was talking about theory. my experience of being an HSP. Nobody yes. can deny me that. That's you right. know, nobody can tell me I'm wrong. And I, yeah, I, I feel a lot more confident now. Well, a bit yes. more confident as a result of doing that. Yeah, a similar experience for me. I do feel more confident now too. And part of my mental journey around it was to say, similar to what you just said, this is my, this is my experience. And that is, that it's my true lived experience. And I have the right to share that. Uh, I'm not speaking for everybody in the world, but for me, this is what was true. And I do see that it has a negative impact on other people. Um, and I also, I remember telling myself, men have been sharing their opinions forever. Like, why can't we share our opinions as 50 plus women, highly sensitive non-thin women I'm just with gray hair you know what we can share our opinions too (laughs) and you're welcome world so that's all this is this is our take on you know how um how the corporate structure really was not great for either one of us and also how HSPs can be of value uh, in that system how we we can notice things that are unhealthy And if we were seen as advisors, you know, we could help really shift how systems work and work better for everybody, which was our whole goal, right? The reason we get upset about it is because we want it to work well for people. Yeah, we absolutely do. And I feel an important thing is that neither of us work in corporate anymore. So corporate are losing a lot of great people a lot yeah. of great people who are HSPs, 20 to 30% of the population. So anybody yep. who's listening who works in corporate, 20 to 30%, you know, of your colleagues um, are, yeah. are highly sensitive, like you may well be, who, you know, you listener. So, you know, it it really would serve the corporate world to get to, get to understand high sensitivity, to provide a healthy working environment for highly sensitive people um you know because we have great gifts that we can bring and what's good for hsps is good for everybody as we keep saying that's right yeah so um that's right it it, it, now we're talking about it now it feels like an even more important conversation 
I feel the same way, but, but uh, yeah, I thought it was important, you know, to share in this intro, kind of our own struggle with sharing our feelings on this topic, because, um, I think that we're probably not alone as highly sensitive people, right? Often my experience is I don't always want to be the, the voice sticking my neck out and you know, if I don't have all the facts, if I don't, you know, if I have it, well, here's, here's a certificate that says I've earned my seat at the table here. When, when really I, as highly sensitive people, we have access to, because of our gifts, we have access to a lot of information in the room. Um, We pick up on things. We have a lot of wisdom to bring into situations. And I'm proud of us for sharing this, even though, you know, yeah. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for your reflection. Thank you for reminding me that I, I, I'm proud of us for doing that. And a bit like you said in the reflection, well, actually you said in the last episode that we released before this one, you know, um, we do bring sensitivity to the corporate world. And to the corporate world, we say, you're welcome, because actually, you know, we we do bring all that information because of all that data that we're taking in and we feel everything in the room, like you just brilliantly pointed out. Uh, yeah. It's really valuable if only every structure and system would had a, you know, had an ability to tap into that. Yeah. knowledge that they're just missing out on that's right yeah that's right so highly sensitives we are um we're celebrating you and i want to encourage you to continue to use your voice and follow your knowing even if you're you know the only voice around like you trust your gut trust your gut we're going to I'm going to keep saying that. It's definitely a path I've been on. Um, Use your voice. The more of us that speak out and say, oh, there's something not right here. Or, you know, what would be better is if we did X. The more of us that do that, it'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. It will. And we acknowledge that it's not easy being the sole voice. Like speaking into the ether and not feeling heard. Um, But we're just trying to really, you know, encourage you to carry on doing that because it's the right thing to be doing yes yes and that reminds me you saying that reminds me too I also want to leave people with this if you are in one of these unhealthy systems which we're all swimming in the patriarchy hello but if, if you're in any one of these unhealthy systems and you're feeling like oh I don't fit in this I don't fit here so there's something wrong with me I want to remind you it's not you it's the system that you're swimming in. Amen. Yeah. Hope you enjoy this episode. Enjoy. What are we talking about today, Robbie? Well, today we're talking about the role of HSPs in structures and systems. Oh. A juicy topic. <laughs> yeah, we both agreed that we wanted to do um, this one today, didn't we? And, yeah. um, you know, I am by no means an expert. I don't think you are either. No, you're me neither. No. Yeah. So what you know, heads up, everyone. We are not experts in structures and systems, but of course, we live and work in systems. So we, 
you know, we had a little chat before we started recording. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to start this off talking about our experiences and kind of see where we go. It just felt like a really important subject for us to cover. And I think we might end up having a bit of a rant. So <laughs> be, war- <laughs> be warned. Because we can both have a good rant when we want to. And this is very much a, uh, a subject um, that does get us a bit ranty. So um, structures and systems. And gosh, I mean, this is as wide or as narrow as, as you kind of, you know, want to make it. And I'm not yeah. I, I'm not really sure how much, how wide or narrow. So I think we'll just give it a go. And if it gets a bit wide, we might have to narrow it in a little bit. Um, but I suppose um, when I think of structures and systems, um, I don't know about you, but the first place I think of is work. Interestingly, I don't think yep. of family. I don't think of community. I instantly go to work. Do you? Me do too. You, yeah. Me too. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I wonder why. Yeah. Maybe it is work that feels the most structured. Mm. Um, the mo- I wouldn't say my, well, I was going to say, I, don't, I wouldn't say my experience of work is overly systemized. Um, I mean, there are systems involved. I mean, I used to work in the legal system. So I suppose that's a bit of a daft thing to say, but definitely <laughs> yeah. structures and um, a workplace being structured, because if nothing else, you've got the hierarchy structure, you've got, you know, um, even you know, even office politics sort of falls into a structure because it's a way of being in that office, isn't it? And the way we have relationships with people in in those offices or factories or um, other workplaces we might work. Um, At home, I think, interestingly, I think we might have to just look at working from home slightly differently because you're still in a structure but it's different isn't it mm-hmm. and I've not worked from home for an organization so that's interesting ah, yeah. right so should we just talk about our experience of work because we both worked in corporate before haven't we which yeah. is very yep. much a structure and it sure is yeah um I when I worked in that sphere in that space I did not know I was an HSP yeah. So anything I talk about, anything I talk about now is definitely with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. Um, because I, I I I didn't understand I was an HSP. I didn't understand I was still absolutely in the depths of my childhood trauma as well. So there was a lot going on for me um mm-hmm. at, at work. And I'm going to see if I can try and separate or at least imagine what my experience might have been like just as an HSP. But that's going to be a bit of a stretch. Um what about you? What was your experience like? Because like me, you only found out you're, you know, you're an HSP sort of within the last two or three years. Yeah, didn't you? yeah more recently. But, it was, Well, it, to be fair, it was something that like I heard the term earlier and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got it. But it wasn't like it didn't inform my life. Like it was just like, oh, there's a label for what's wrong with me. But it didn't give me any tools. Yeah. It didn't really help me understand things. Yeah. Until so much, it, much later, until way more recently. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, I I wandered through the workplace 
feeling like, oh, here's another place I don't belong. Like that, you know, and um, not because I wasn't highly skilled. Um, I was, and there are places where I would definitely shine. And it was like, I could immediately see how things were, when I say things, I mean the systems were harmful to people. And uh, my track of employment was in training and development and then human resources. So I saw a lot of the behind the scenes on how people were treated within this org within organizations. I'm not gonna, it wasn't a particular one. It was multiple ones that I've been a part of. Um, and it, something like seeing <laughs> what frontline workers make like their salary, for instance. So their exchange for their hard labor, because some of the places I worked, like it was actual physical labor that people did. In other places, it was their mental labor. Um, but the discrepancy between what those folks made and then as you, you know, go to the top, I mean, the <laughs> I couldn't wrap my head around how that was fair or equal or healthy. Like I just could not. So that one point, and then when you took into account the expectations of, I'm, I'm thinking of a workplace from several years ago. It was the the expectations of the frontline workers were that they had to be had to do the work no matter what, no matter if their kid had a softball game, then they would have to do overtime if the work wasn't done. Didn't matter. Right. No matter if they were sick, you're expected to come in and make it through. Like this was truly the mindset. And I just kept thinking, this is not, this is not healthy. This is not okay. So I was constantly railing against those things. And then that was my own lived experience too. I was just like, I'm not healthy in this system. This doesn't feel good to me. Um, and I struggled to find the appropriate. <laughs> ways and places to like voice what I was seeing. It never felt like it was heard. Um, so it was, a, it was just a constant frustration and just like, I see where things are broken. Like, why aren't we fixing it? Especially when I was officially part of human resources, I was just like, I got, I was so excited at first. I'm like, oh, I get to make the workplace better for people. This is incredible. And that was, I, I'm not at all trying to dismiss people in the human resources roles because there are lots of people there who are actively trying to make the workplace better for people. So please, those of you listening, this isn't a blanket statement against, and certainly not against any humans at all. I am talking about the systems that are set up though. And I saw things shift. I saw them shift over the last 20 years to be even it seems to me and from my perspective, more and more unhealthy for people mm -hmm. because I would see things like um, your, the, the expectations for a single worker were to constantly be doing more work without a giant increase in pay, just more expectations on their hours, on their, um, on their own being, more expectations, less resources, less help, uh, equal or less pay or slightly bumped up pay. And I was just like, I was just like, this is, this is not healthy. Why aren't we using, um, like as we're going into the digital age, there's so many systems 
that now can automate that, right? We can automate so many systems. Great, that was supposed to free up our time. That was supposed to create expansiveness for us as humans. And what I saw in the workplace was that was not the case. And so I'm like, we're doing something wrong. In my opinion, I'm like, we're doing something wrong here. <laughs> we're not, we're not, I wasn't seeing things that were healthy for the most people. It was healthy for a select few, maybe not even healthy, but some people seem to be benefiting from it or else we wouldn't keep having these systems. That's my opinion. But it wasn't the majority of the people benefiting from it. And as an HSP, I can't, I can't sit with that. It's not okay with me. Not, I think we should create things that work for everybody. I think it's possible. I think we should. That is it's so interesting. I was like, I was like wrapped listening to you and really trying to think of my, remember my experiences and, um, you know, you're so right about the disparity in, you know, and I worked in law and I was a lawyer and everyone probably would have had the idea that I earned a lot more money than I did. Don't be wrong. I was well paid, but I wasn't a partner and I didn't get you know, the mega bucks. And um, it it very much did feel like the system benefited those at the top who were taking all the massive amounts of money off the top. Yeah. And, and really everybody else just had to put up or get out, put up and shut up yes. or get yes. out. And yes. I always felt um, like... I found it really hard. I found the relentless nature of it and go, 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 and more and more. And the more you, you, you made your target, the more they piled on your target for the year after. It was that game of how can you just about meet it so you might get a tiny bonus, but they don't absolutely whack it up the next year. And it was just, and, and then if you didn't meet it, it was your fault. It wasn't because it was an unrealistic target in the first place. It was like, it, it was no no matter, my, my, my overwhelming memory of being in that uh, environment. And I was um, a practicing lawyer for 17 years. And then I moved into risk and compliance. So I was in there a bit longer, but, you know, for 17 years, I was a, a property lawyer. And my overwhelming feeling from all that time is that it was always, whatever I did was not enough. <laughs> now, not enough <laughs> is a place that's very easy for me to go to. So that all comes from my childhood trauma. So yes, um, it's a very easy place for me to go to. But it was always like, have you done, have you not done this yet? Well, no, I've been doing this, 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 and this, and I can't do like everything at once. And, you know, meeting your target, well, then we'll just stop it. So you can, you know, they, it's almost like they want you constantly, constantly trying to claw your way up towards what they've set for you as your goal. Um and always having it just out of your reach as though that is something that's going to motivate you. Now that might motivate some people. I'm, I've never been that sort of person. I, I'm much more motivated by telling I'm, I'm doing a good job. And I was doing yes. a good job. I was a really good lawyer. I got given all the really difficult clients because nobody else could cope with them or give them to Philippa. She'll sort them out. You know, mm -hmm. I was doing a really good job, but I never felt like I was. Mm -hmm. and 
I always felt a little bit broken by it or a lot yes. um, at times. And I thought that meant that was something wrong with me. And it's only now that I can see out of it. And that's really the place I went to when you were talking um, then, Robbie. I went straight to that place and thought, yeah, it, it wasn't me that was broken. It, it was the system and yes. the structure that we worked in. And um, yes, like you said, you know, you so rightly put that, you know, somebody's benefiting it from it somewhere, even if it just means they're getting lots of money. Somebody's mm -hmm. benefiting from it. But actually, the, the they're one of a few. The majority are absolutely not. Or yes. I certainly wasn't. Right. OK, so there's yeah. nobody else here that I can ask. And I never asked that question why I worked there. But I'm sure if I went back to find some of my old old colleagues, I, I, I'm pretty sure I would get very similar. I mean, I might they might not have felt quite as broken as I did, but, you, you know, and. Um, you know, now looking at it and being able to take a step back and realizing that my ability like yours of seeing the big picture and seeing that, that it's not working, the way it's set out just doesn't work. Um, now, no, now that I know that that is a strength of mine, I would have loved to have been able to take that somewhere. But even then, I don't know where I would have taken it. Yeah. Because nobody's really interested. Really. Or it didn't feel like they were really interested. Um, yeah. And I don't know whether that has changed now, but it feels to me, oh, what rant alert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it feels to me that like, you know, there's little changes made here in, in, in companies and little changes made there, but actually fundamentally it all needs a massive shake up. Yes. And I know that probably sounds really naive of me and that, you know, oh, it's easy for you to say that you're not doing it. You're not there running it. No, I'm not. And I think in a way that gives me ability to step back from it. I'm not benefiting from working in a big business because that's not what I do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not I, I'm not working in there. I don't want it to change for me. I want it to change for all the hundreds of millions of people who work in situations like that. And who are sick, they're tired, they, you, you know, everyone's pretty pissed off, aren't they? Yes. Bad, we can swear here. So anyway. You know, Absolutely. You know, and the knock-on effect is then you bring that home and it affects your family and mm -hmm. it affects communities. And, you, you know, it's just, um, so yeah. Sorry. <laughs> got a bit please uh, don't be sorry but no. well, um it 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 if I think about it too much it kind of kind of makes my heart hurt yes same for me mm. and you know it was part of the struggle being in HR is people would come to me so I did have an understanding that it wasn't just me having an experience of things not working here. It was so many people that it wasn't working for. And um, it, it was hard to be in that role 
and not be able to affect real change. Like there were, what it felt like is that the people in the roles who did care, they would get some initiatives passed that sure made a little bit of difference, but the way that, and I, and I don't want to discount their efforts, but what it felt like to me is we're inside of a broken system and they're trying to, you know, fix little things inside the system when it's like, well, the whole thing, like you were saying, like, but the whole thing needs to be overhauled. <laughs> like this little thing you're doing, well, while well-intentioned, isn't actually addressing the overarching problem at all. Um, but again, like I didn't have the language and I certainly didn't have the power and authority to affect those types of things. I just knew that like it wasn't feeling good for me. Um, and I think I think that's true for a lot of HSPs. It's just like it doesn't it doesn't feel right. And I absolutely walked around with there's even with what I saw, Philippa, I still walked around with, well, but all these other people are making it work for them. So the fact that I can't means there's something wrong with me. Like I still walked around with that. <laughs> even, I mean, I'm sitting here going, wow, isn't that interesting? Because I was aware of so many people going, this is, they're stressed, angry, exhausted, uh, depressed, sick. Like we this these things in droves in the workplace. Yeah. And I remember thinking sometimes just like, why does everything have to be so stressful? Like we are in I was never in, involved in any business where it's like we're actively saving lives here. It's like where isn't actually an emergency? Like, what are we doing? You know. You're, you, do you know what? I, I had this thought. You're, you're so right. Like you say, nobody's saving lives. I had this thought the other day, right? And I'm I'm afraid I'm going to stray into territory that I am abs I know absolutely nothing about. But I had this thought the other day about these jobs that a lot of people do. A lot of us do, a lot of us have done, a lot of us will do in the future. How many of them are actually really necessary? And how many of them? are oh yeah I'm really going in now. how many of them are a construct like made 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 not like intentionally well once upon a time there was to be an intention but there are they're sort of like um oh I should have thought about this before I started um but they're <laughs> like you know let's uh, they're sort of somebody's I don't know. Somebody has a very uh, long time ago, hundreds of years ago, somebody has a really um, uh, has a business that makes money. I don't know. Selling widgets. That's what everyone always uses. So whatever this, mm -hmm. this amazing widget is, everybody needs this widget in their house, um, in their home. So somebody makes these widgets and. Um, great. Everybody's happy because they're, they're, they're making the widgets. People are buying the widgets. People need the widgets. Great. But then, you know, uh, over time, there are more businesses that come come together to supply bits for the widgets and to make this and to make that. And OK, you can see they're necessary. But then we have spin-offs that are like, well, um, the people who make the widget, uh, people who make the widgets might need this or they might need they might need this insurance for some reason or they might need this. Um, 
They might need this other service that we can provide to them. And we might need this. And then that spills down and then it spills further down. And before you know it, you've got all these businesses doing all this stuff. But if you take all, all these, if you take a lot, a big, big chunk of those businesses away, is anybody actually really going to miss them? And I have, I, I, that's really not a well, I've not vocalized that particularly well, but I did have this thought that really went through my mind the other day is, are half the things that we are, services and products and stuff, are they actually really necessary? Yes. And how, I, and okay, I totally understand that people get have jobs and uh, um, uh, and obviously if those companies went, those people wouldn't have jobs. And, and I get that. I, I do totally understand that. I'm not advocate, advocating that, you know, that we lose jobs. But it, it, it seems to me that the system is just built on this boom, boom. We've got to have this. We've got to have this. And you've got to, you know, A, you've got to have all these things because, you know, if you've not got all these things, you're not a success. So you've got to carry on striving yes. until you've got all these things. Yes. And so there's a whole, obviously, a whole business around all those th- making and supplying and producing and all those things that we're yes. supposed to have but also this like um y- you know um completely lost my train of thought now I'm getting so irated that it's like but it, it's just the system started a long time ago and I did a talk the other day and I was talking about how actually until the industrial revolution, most companies were just little companies running cottage. There were cottage industries and it was the, you know, the mechanization and the industrialization that came from the industrial revolution um, that, that, that a lot, some people, the, you know, the men at the top who own yeah. those companies made lots of money, lots yeah, of yeah. money. And then it became important to make more and more money. So, yeah. you know, and it's just gone on from there and we're just mass producing everything. And um, I just can't help think that the system we are in now is based on the in- what came from the Industrial Revolution in the mid 1700s. Yes. And isn't it a time for a rethink? It's, I mean, I think it is. Right. I mean, absolutely. We have so much more technology. We have ways to make things easier on ourselves. And we have so much money, but it sits with a very few people, right? Yes. Like, yes. so it's not that we don't have enough money in the system. It's that yeah. it gets absorbed by a few people and just kind of sits there. Yeah. Uh, it's not put back into community. It's not put back to actually help the people that are doing the work. And so it just creates this inequality that doesn't feel good oh, for most of us. It, it just sits really heavy. If I think yes. about it too much, it just sits really heavy. And I know. And I kind of think, oh God, you know, you know, what what could what could I possibly do? What could anybody possibly do? And it just seems like this massive insurmountable um thing. I mean, it is a problem, really, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And um, you know, like the city I live in, you know, is um, you know quite a wealthy city and i uh, and we but we have a lot of homeless people here people who are living on the streets um apparently i don't know i think people here are quite generous so i think it's you know if you're gonna anyway people live on the streets and i so i regularly see people who are living on the streets and i just think in this day and age with the um, you know the, the advanced 
you know, society we're supposed to live in, it is an absolute, um, in sad, so sad, such a sad indictment of where we are that we have yes. people who, who who don't have a roof over their heads. I completely and, agree. Um, and that just, you know, just you could say there are so many more things that are, um, you, you know, uh, are just so wrong with the way it yeah. is. And I, you know, I, I know it will never, what I, you know, we will never have a major change, but little things are happening. Um, I was listening to a podcast, a lady was saying the other day that um, she used to be homeless actually, and she's got, so, and she really want, would like to help homeless people. She knows that it's not in this country, in the UK, it's not coming from the government down. So she said, you know, her sort of mantra is if it's not going to come from the top down, then you have to go for the bottom up. And she yes. is putting all her efforts into helping where she lives, local homeless um, charities and organisations. And they're making a real difference, but they're keeping it local. Yes. And I understand that I can't give you any particular examples, but I understand that that is happening more and more, particularly here in the UK, because a lot of the government money has been cut because we've had austerity and all that. And we've had loads of years of government cuts. So actually you know, there are on the ground in the locality um, efforts being made to deal with the local issues. Yes. I mean, that yes. sounds amazing. I mean, it's a crying shame it's not government funded because it's obviously needed. But, you know, that gives me a bit of hope. Yes. Yes. So it's and almost, sorry, it's almost like you can't, you know, you can't crack the system at the top. So, so let's create our own, it feels like, which is like, feels like a bit of a revolution. And, um, you know, <laughs> exactly. And I just think that's quite exciting. I do too. What's yes. it like in the US? Yeah, well, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, it's it's absurd to me that in a, a nation as wealthy as the US that we have so many people who don't have homes, who are way below the poverty line, where our our national um, minimum wage is well below the poverty line. Like we haven't raised the minimum wage. So like people will go and work three jobs and are still poor. Like these aren't lazy people. These are people trying to do what the system is telling them and still it's not working. That's ridiculous, that's absurd. A nation as wealthy as ours, and we can't afford healthcare. Uh, like, ah, like it just starts revving me up. And I also agree. Like, it can be really easy to go, but these systems are huge. And how the fuck can I make a difference? And it's exactly what you were saying. It's the for what I have found for me is I. It's twofold for me. It's looking at the places like you just talked about. So like in your community, where can you be of service? Like what, where's, where's something that like lights up your heart that you can go be of service. And then I think also truly like doing our own work. So like, you know, on ourselves saying what's true for us, educating people around us. And for me, it means like, I'm not going to go work for another corporation 
certainly that I'm not at the very least that values don't align with me. Like I just, and I'm not saying that that's what people need to do. That's not at all what I'm saying. But for me, that was something it's just like, I can't do it again. Like I can't, I've tried multiple times. (laughs) It's just like, it's not, it's not the thing that I can do. And so what I can do is build a business that's different. Like I have been talking about, like right now it's just me. So, you know, here's me with my highfalutin plans. Like, uh, you know, but <laughs> I hope you're going to get, I, I hope you're going to tell yourself what your values are and make sure you stick absolutely I, I stick with my own values. Yes. <laughs> but I do, I have, I have a strong, um, I have clarity around how I feel people should be treated in the workplace. And for years, I've thought about having, you know, building a business and how, how much people were paid and how they were treated was always top of line for me, always. Um, and, the, and, you know, I'm not alone. There are lots of smaller businesses, right, that are, that are growing around this philosophy. Um, there are even businesses that are getting bigger that they're, that are talking about we're actually treating people well. We're, we're created co-ops and things like that where everyone has equal say and equal distribution of wealth yeah. and a seat at the table. Um, so there's there are different ways to do things. I think we've been we've been in a system for a long time, and so it and it and it was touted as the best system. And it was touted in some ways as the only viable system, but it isn't. And so I think, honestly, that's part of the revolution is just to start going, oh, well, how else could we do things? And where could I put my energy? It's also very true that in the system we're in, we need money to survive. So if you've got to go work a job that you hate in order to feed your kids, you're not alone. Like there's tons of people that have to do that. And there's no judgment for me on you having to do what you have to do. So, so that I'm not at all do what you have to do for sure. And where you can make the change, make that. Where you can put your energy in ways that fill you, do that. That's how we start to shift things, you know? And also, sorry, one other thing is that what we what we're seeing more and more of is speaking truth to power, you know, heard that phrase. So consumers even are saying to businesses, no, like you have to do better. We're, we're not buying from you until you do X. So there's a lot of power there. Um, we're not powerless, even though it can feel like that sometimes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It can feel like we're powerless. And I do like that, that you know, that, idea of being more mindful where we put our money where we spend our money um and uh you know there are as you say there are companies who are trying to do it differently um there's um you know you can get there's a company certification i think that's a, 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 you know you or you can have your company designated as a b corp, b corp i think yeah. you have those in this in the states don't you i don't yes, think we do yes, yeah yeah you know, we have some of those in the UK and there's a very stringent process uh, process to go through to get registered as a, a B Corp. And if you okay. come across a B Corp, then, you know, you know that they are really trying hard to do right by the planet and by their people. Yes. Um, there's a woman here in the UK who I really uh, who I really like. Her name's Mary Portis. And um, she often talks about people first, then planet, then profit. 
instead of profit always coming first. And, you know, the way she, you know, she believes and she is living proof of that, that, you know, if you put your people and the planet first, the profit will come and people will buy from from companies who put, are putting people and, and planet before the profit. And, you know, this takes us into, you know, a whole other, you know, realm of, you know, uh company you know um companies and profit and you know all the com countries that still use gdp as like this gauge of how well they're doing and you know why is there this obsession that gdp has to get bigger and bigger every year what's wrong with gdp staying the same um right. i know right okay obviously i know nothing about economics or global economics and i'm you know I suppose I'm sure it's more, much more complicated than I should even be beginning to com to comment on. But actually, maybe it's not. Maybe we're just led to believe that it's really complicated. And those of us who don't know anything shouldn't actually even voice their opinion. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. And I'm, I suppose I'm not interested enough to 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 work that out or I don't have the energy to work that out. But well, you know, the, some of the countries now who are who are looking more at how happy the people in their country are. I mean, how amazing is that yes. to judge yes. the success of a country by how happy the people are? Woohoo! Yes. I mean, I, I'm not sure whether the UK or the what? US would rank on that. Probably not that high. But you, no. you know, I mean, so what an indictment that is. You know, yes, yes, yes. We're you know on the on the world forum. You, you know, our countries are successful leading countries everybody's knackered and fed up i mean that's right that's right and you know don't get me started on the patriarchy oh <laughs> let's yeah mm. <laughs> you know we could really go on we, we we could probably do a whole episode on our views on the patriarchy um yeah, we could. um but i suppose the, the the name of this episode was the role of hsps yeah. And when we talk about HSP, obviously we're talking highly sensitive person. We keep using HSP. We mean highly sensitive person, highly sensitive, high sensory. We may well use those terms into, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, interchangeably. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. Interchangeably. They're all the same thing. Um, yeah. Because people who, the, the, the term high, highly sensitive person refers to somebody who has a uh, high sensory abilities are willow mcintosh who we trained with um he talks about high sensory intelligence you know because yeah. he is very firmly of the belief that highly sensitive people have a real intelligence and that's kind of where this episode came from really the yeah. role that hsps can play because we have many abilities that can help everybody um experience things better we, we we're really good at yes. big picture thinking and seeing the big picture so like you say Robbie in your work you could just see that it was so unhealthy for everybody you could just see that feel it you know it's almost yeah. like you could probably taste it you know it was yeah. so so blindingly obvious yes and, and I think that's what's happening now I think post-pandemic um, and we're sort of, I don't know, we're not, you know, we're not going back to the way it was. And this is new, whatever it is, but it seems like quite old as well in the way that it feels. Um, you know, um, 
you know, HS, HSPs, I mean, you've said it before, we're like the canaries in the coal mine. You know, when it starts, go, when HSPs can sense it's going wrong, it's going to start going wrong for everybody soon. Yes. And I think that's what's happening now. It is going wrong for for everybody. You know, all during the pandemic, people have been really stressed, worked really hard, had an awful time for the last two years. And, yes. you know, to what to, to a large extent, things are... Uh, you know, we're not in, you know, we're not in, uh, under restrictions. We're not uh, having lockdowns and things. So we are free to move as we mm -hmm. as we were free to move. But we're coming on the back of that terrible experience that that most people have had. And even everyone's been affected to some degree. Yes. Yeah. And it we're coming out of that. And people have the strain on on us, the strain on relationships yes. it, it's just all been a lot and I can see that cracks are showing all over the place absolutely and nobody knows what to do about it yeah well yeah oh, sorry most people yeah a lot of people don't know what to yeah. do a lot of companies a lot of leaders don't seem to because there is no one answer either right that's right because if there was that. if there was an answer somebody would have come up with it and you know it would all be being done by now and but it does need some thought um some caring yes thank for, you yes for people and um a desire to make it better and yes. i think that hsps have a real role role to play there because Agreed. we 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 feel it we can see the big picture. We we just have this innate knowing of things to try that might work. They might not all work, but things to try. Um, yes. And we care. We care. Absolutely. And the thing that I keep coming back with HSPs in my experience is we care about the whole. Yes. Yes. Right. So it's not like, Oh, okay, well, it's good for this this person. Screw everybody else and screw the planet. It's just like, no, like, okay, it is good for this person, but it's terrible for all this. So that's not the solution then, because the solution is good for all. Like it's just it's how we're wired. And I, I think honestly, the for me, one of the things we can do is keep speaking of that, that there are solutions that benefit everyone. <laughs> like, because I you know, I think we've been, again, swimming in systems that say, whatever, it's got to be one way and some people benefit and some people don't. And if you're not benefiting, it's because you're not trying hard enough and you're not working hard enough. Like that's the other part of the yeah. bullshit, right? Yeah. Um, and if and you decide to leave. Hey, people, that's a lie. Yes, it is if a lie. You you're right. Leave, and if you decide to leave, it's because there's something wrong with you. It's not because of anything that we've done or right. not. Well, you're just not. Yeah, you're too weak you're yes. too something yeah mm -hmm. yeah too sensitive oh, too sensitive how many of us have heard that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. toughen yeah. up don't don't yeah. take it so personally i'm like yeah. well but it's about people we're all people so it is personal like yeah. i <laughs> you know yeah you're to right say to say a business decision for example you know laying i, I was at a company and we laid hundreds plural of people off at one time it was one of the worst experiences of my life to have to 
have to be part of the system doing that. It, um, it, it almost broke me. Uh, but to say it's not personal is very fucking personal to these people who have just, their whole world has just changed, right? Like, that's stupid. Well, it's just really dismissive, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's so not dismissive. personal um, that you're one of the ones that, that that's going. I mean, it's really dismissing the effect that that's going to have on that person. And, um, you, you know, there are other things that could be said. You don't, I know, I know it's a terrible situation to be in and um, yeah. from both sides, you know. Absolutely. Definitely the one being let go, you know, that's been let Awful. go. But, the other, you know, one would hope that the person on the other side giving the news actually feels like, you know, like you said, of course, it really affected you. You know, hopefully nobody yeah. skips in there and, you know, skips back out again, think not affected by it. Um, but, you know, you there are words that can be chosen to validate the, that other person's experience. And again, that's what HSPs are good at, actually, at making yes. that connection. And, um, yeah, yeah. And, and just reading the situation. Yeah. I think I think one of the things that I kept noticing in business, especially as time went on, is that business kept requiring more and more. And the the energy of it was kind of like. It's your duty to give so much here, right? Like you're not a good employee unless you. um I mean, it would never be worded this way, but this is literally how it felt. Unless you're killing yourself, unless you're putting in all these extra hours unpaid, unless you forgo your vacation, or if you say your vacation, but you're really working through it and um, no sick date, like work, work when you're sick, like just expecting so much. And like you said, like every year, the goal is getting bigger and bigger and more and more and just never feeling like, oh, I did it. Smashed it. We did yeah. it. Woohoo! Yay us. You know, there was never that moment at least for me. And, um, or if it was, it was like a blip and then it's like, okay, on to the next thing. Um, I lost my train of thought. I'll, I'll get it back in a second. It was, oh, business was constantly like feeding this expectation of in order to be rewarded here, in order to be seen as a good employee, you have to do all of this. But then in a, and I'll, I'll give you this one example. This in a nutshell for me is an imbalance of business. You are very much expected to give. We don't have, most people in America don't have work contracts. It's so we can be fired at any time. We can quit a job at any time. Yeah, there's no stability for most workers I in the United States. That. Wow. Yes. So, and that's something that workers hold, I mean, employers hold over workers' heads all the time. Um, now we have laws in place to prevent against discrimination and stuff, but that's a whole separate thing. So um, it is very much the expectation that you give at least two weeks notice when you quit. Like if you don't do that, you're seen as a terrible employee. You won't get um, a recommendation when you're going to your next place. You know, you won't be seen as rehirable at that company you're leaving. On the other hand, when an employer terminates your contract, you're walked out of the building right then. And that's so, it, the pay ends that's that it. day. So it depends, like some companies will offer severance. And so then 
yes, that's different, but some, no, that's it. That's the end of your health insurance because in the United States, health insurance is tied to work, which is another way that we get stuck in a job. I've had, you know, so many people just like, well, I can't leave my health insurance. So these are the types of systems like they're imbalanced and they're not working for people. But as HSPs, if we can come in and see again, like where it's imbalanced and how we can start making those changes. Like there are, there are companies where people, uh, employees, when asked like, how do they want to help each other? They'll, for example, pool their sick time together so that if someone had a big family emergency, they could pull from the pool for people. Like, something just like how generous, right? How, how kind, like, but that's again, like working for everybody, right? Instead of, because again, in the US, not in every co- company, there, there, there are starting to be changes, but in many companies, it's like you get a week or two weeks off for vacation and sick time a year. It's that, like, okay. I have to say is completely, right? I mean, that, that is unbelievable to me because it's ridiculous. We get, we get much more than that. Yeah. So I don't want this podcast to just be about this episode to just be about well, all the shit we see is wrong. And honestly, Philippa, we haven't even talked school systems. We haven't talked health system, right? We've literally just talked about the one system. I know. I was thinking that, you know, we need HSP <laughs> teachers. We need HSP yes. healthcare oh workers. Gosh, we need AP, HSPs everywhere. I, I was yes. thinking the same thing. That yeah. we, we wondered whether we'd have enough to talk about. And we've ranted for quite a while just about like corporate Isn't workplaces. It? Corporate. Corporate. Yeah. But there, it like, I, I think... I, I really do want, I want to go back to what you said about like, if we can't do top down, right? Which most, most of us are not empowered to go like make big changes at the top of any of these systems and structures. But there are bottom up movements that become really impactful. Mm-hmm. And you can do that in your community. You can do it in your workplace. You can like find those places that, again, fire you up that you have juice around and let your voice be heard. I think if I can say anything to HSPs, we need to stop being silent and stop, stop internalizing. Like when we see a problem, oh, I don't fit because there must be something wrong with me. No, you're seeing the problem in the system. Give yeah. voice to it because you're not the only one that's having a problem with it. Yeah. You're not. Give voice. There, we, Yeah. Well said. I was thinking, I, I was absolutely thinking the same thing that that would be a good place maybe to bring us to an end. That, um, y- you know, I would hope that we might have empowered some HSPs to realize that actually by speaking up, they are doing themselves and lots of other people a service. Yes. Um, and, y- you know, I hope we might encourage anybody who's in that um, position to know that what they're feeling, what they're thinking about it, what they're seeing that nobody else seems to see is a real advantage, is a real, is a, is a really great thing. So don't keep it to yourself. Yes, please. Speak you know, up. Yeah. Cause I, I wish, 
I, I, can, I know that if I'd known then what I know now, I would have done some things differently. I'm not saying they would have had any results, but I would definitely have done things differently. Um, and I wouldn't have stayed some places quite so long. <laughs> yes, I think that's another piece too, right? If, yeah. you are in, if you are able to find a different work environment, look for them because there are different kinds out there for sure. Yeah. And, you know, you may not, by speaking up, you may not create big sweeping changes immediately, but I promise you, you will have helped somebody. You have planted seeds somewhere else. And at the very least, you're giving voice to the knowing inside of you. And you have a knowing for a reason, right? So speak it out because each of these little, it's like drops in a bucket. Like each of these things that we do, they, at first, it's just one drop in a big bucket. Okay. But eventually, right, it starts adding up. And eventually, it's like, oh, I heard so-and-so talk about that too. Oh, and I'm hearing it over here. And we start hearing it in different places. And eventually, like, all of our buckets, we're going to find each other. And then it it's a pool now. And then the pools find each oh. other. And now it's a lake. And the lake, it just... That would be amazing. It makes a difference. It yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. And also... um what's just come to my mind is that um you know if we can if if anyone can be brave enough to sort of actually take the leap and say what they are feeling um you know they might not get an instant response they might not you know nobody might agree with this you know i'm just imagining you know sitting around the big table built at a meeting and nobody's agreeing with you and nobody's mm -hmm. saying anything and everyone's just looking down and you think mm, well that was a waste of time i bet you there are people in that meeting who are thinking either you've made them think, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Or mm -hmm. there are people thinking, oh, thank God, somebody said that. They might not openly be able to say that in the meeting. Yep. They might yep. not feel quite as brave as you in that moment, but yep. they may well come and talk to you afterwards. Or it might just, you know, percolate for a little bit. But you will be making a difference. Absolutely, you will be making a difference. Yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I think I think Robbie, we might have to um stop here. Yeah. Uh, uh, what a fascinating conversation. I loved it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. I feel like yeah. we could probably do another one uh, somewhere down the line about other areas, but um, you know, as a start, um I think that was marvellous. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, it's always thank a you. pleasure to record these with you. Oh, uh, I feel the same way. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. So thank you for listening, uh, everybody, and watching, if anyone's watching the video. And um, you will you can find out where to find me and Robbie in the show notes. Um, if you want to know more, you're Robbie Lee, L-E-I-G-H dot com, aren't you, Robbie? Yes. Yes, I yeah. am. Yeah. And um, followers of me will uh, hopefully know, but you'll find me at Safe and Supported co.uk and um yeah we'd love to hear from you we'd also really love to hear from you if you've got any any thoughts about what we've said um preferably kind ones but i'll i'll take you know if you if you if you want to say that i shouldn't be talking about things that i don't know anything about then that's fine um you know i don't have to agree with you but you know uh any comments at all about what we've said in this episode or any previous episodes we would really love to hear from you you can get in touch with us individually via our websites or you can email meetingofmindspodcast at gmail.com so uh that's it for this week and we will be back 
next week with an as yet unchosen uh, <laughs> um, subject, but equal, you know, something, another subject we will uh, really enjoy talking about. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Bye, Robbie. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to HSP Connection. If you've enjoyed it, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast and share it with anyone you think might be interested. It helps others find us. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can also leave us a review. To get in touch with us, you can email us at hspconnectionpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you with your thoughts and comments on the episodes and any suggestions you have for future topics and guests. We are both HSP coaches and speakers. And to find out more about Robbie, go to Robbie Lee, that's L-E-I-G-H dot com. And to find out more about Philippa, go to safeandsupported.co.uk. See you next time.